Hey friends, you're listening to the Difference Makers Podcast, and I'm your host, Jamie Mullins. On each monthly episode, we'll have a guest that will give us a peek into what it looks like for them to be a difference maker, a leader in the places God has given them influence. My hope is that it leaves you encouraged to use your gifts, passions, and story to make a difference right where you are. Well, hello and welcome to the Difference Makers Podcast. My name is Jamie Mullins and it's our hope every every episode that you leave encouraged and inspired to use your gifts, your passions, and your story in the place that God has given you influence. And I'm so excited that today I have with me Jeremy Crump. Jeremy is a part of the Cross Timbers family. He is a difference maker here at Cross Timbers. He serves with our healing place. Um, he's a care coach and is he consistently pours out the things that God has placed in him into the lives of other people who are in need of hope and and help in their personal situation. So Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon. Thanks, Jamie. We're so glad to have you here today. So would you, we'll have a long discussion about how God's using you as a difference maker, but could you explain like what a care coach is at Cross Timbers? Yeah. I mean, a care coach is really just to me, uh, an individual that makes time to help others walk out typically struggles where same, you know, like individuals have already walked that out, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an experience that um, God has given me to uh, pour into others because I have a little bit of experience in either that pain or that suffering or that challenge. And so I think that that's kind of the typical heart for a, a care coach. That's good. I lo- you just said it's the, it's the pain and the suffering that you can identify with in other people. Toby talked about that in our this message in our his message this past weekend that our pain often becomes our purpose. So with that, can you tell us what led you? So you probably didn't wake up one day and say, I'm gonna be a care coach. So what no. what led you in your journey to becoming a care coach yeah, that's in a human place? That's a really loaded, long winded question. And so I'm gonna <laughs> maybe I should apologize up front for, you know, how you know how how far this goes back. But you know, for me, um, you know, my my struggles were, you know, born out of my childhood, about out, out of being a teenager, um, adolescence, um, you know, early twenties, um, and it, it's kind of this. Uh, it 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 goes on and on throughout life. But the good news is, is you always have the capacity to fall back to God, and so I think now for me. Um, the pain that I experienced then has been washed away, um, and I stand on that. And that's the difference between now and then is um, I have more skills to be able to hand that over to God, yeah. uh, to hand it over to Him more quickly, um, and, and really understand you know, redemption and what that means, I think. That's good. So how do you most often see your story, the places that you have found redemption, that you can stand on God's promises for you as a person? How do you see that inter- intersecting with other people? Is there a specific part of your story that's... Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I grew up, um, you know, drinking. I grew up um, doing drugs. I, I grew up uh, masking my pain, uh, running from my shame. Um, and, and those things were just the blockers that I used, right, to to not have to experience that heartache. So for me, I, I easily identify with people that are running from something. Yeah. And it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, like for like, drugs and alcoholism. Yeah. It could be eating. It could just be people that are trying to insulate themselves or isolate themselves. Yeah. So, you know, that 
that's kind of the key identifier, which is, you know, what shame are, are we carrying and how quickly can we identify it and figure out what the root is and hand it over? I mean, he'll take it. He's big enough. Absolutely. So how do you, I mean, shame is like, it started in the garden. It's, it's not, we aren't the first people to experience it. We've, it's been since the fall and Adam and Eve find themselves feeling ashamed. And so they go and cover themselves. And for them, it was with leaves hiding from their source, the place that they were going to find the redemption. Nothing's the changed. Yes. So nothing, so nothing's changed. And yet we still find ourselves continuing to try to cover and, and mask, even though we, we've, we've seen it play out in history that doesn't really work. What do you think it is that drives shame? Um, I think a lot of times people will just say this one thing, which is I am who I am, mm. right? So it's the the norm. And I think the norm happens over a course of a lifetime. And you get more comfortable and more comfortable with dealing with that or masking that or figuring out a way to cope with it. And it becomes this every day or I, I am just angry or I am just sad or I am, you know, this other individual who God didn't create us to be. Right. And that becomes our identity. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, God, you, you need to have an experience that allows you to know God's heart. Mm. Um, and that's really, I think, how it is broken off. And that's kind of one of the things that, you know, the healing place is, is, Let's identify what that is and shine a light on it. You know, let's make it truth um, and let let the lie go away. Mm, That's good. So you had your own personal story that kind of led you to, you you obviously, you found freedom. Mm -hmm. And so now you want to help other people find the same freedom that you have found. And so how do you see as, as a care coach, God's also giving you specific gifts and specific passions. So how, like, what would you say you're most passionate about and, and how does that play out with your ministry in the healing place? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, my passion is for other people to find freedom. Mm. Um, and I, that's one of my favorite words. I found freedom, um, like 15 miles North of the Mexican border and on a big ranch and wow. God showed up in a weekend and it was nothing short of one of the most spectacular couple of days of my entire life, wow. um, rivals my children being born. Wow. Um, and so, that experience for me really showed me where I was and how I thought I was okay. And then on the other side of freedom, I clearly saw how much baggage I was truly carrying. And I didn't know it at the time, which really was enlightening and eye-opening and wonderful. Um, but that has created an excitement um, in my everyday, just for people to find, and then again, it's just freedom, but yeah. you know, what is that definition? Everyone has their own definition of what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I did before I was walking in the freedom I am today. Yeah. So, um, you know, helping people further explore the depths of who God is really. Yeah. And who he says we are. Because like you said, back to the, the shame thing, we take shame on those things that I am always just going to be angry or I am just this. And we take that on as our identity. And so true freedom is replacing, like you, you said, it's replacing the lies with the truth of who God says that we are. And, and how do we do that? I mean, it's, 
what I think that the faith walk really is, is this just, it's, it's a coming to terms with, can I just release something? Can I, can I let it go? Um, when people find Christ, you know, Toby has this saying, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And honestly, it was that saying that had me raise my hand for the first time at Cross Timbers. And I, so I get that on a very real level. And, but that is, you know, it's a surrender, you know, raising your, raising my hand was a surrender. Um, you know, surrendering to others some of the things that I don't want people to know, my secrets or, or my shame, right. what will they do if they know that? But the thing is, you know, a healing place is a very safe, loving environment. Um, it's always okay to say whatever you need to say because all we're trying to do is ask Holy Spirit to move in right. um, and and provide God's love at the same time. And so there's no condemnation, there's no shame, there's no um, anxiety that should ever be had. Um, but that's just not our reality a lot of times. Right, and the fear is, I know I've lived, I lived with this fear for a long time. If I ever do really tell someone, then the, the lie that I believe is going to be confirmed, that I am going to be judged, I'm not going to be accepted, I'm not going to be loved. Even, even in an environment called the healing place, there's like that innate thing in us that's afraid. But then once you actually do step over the line and you bring you bring those things out into the light and you find that acceptance and love that all of our hearts are longing for, like that's a freedom that's a freedom moment. I agree a thousand percent. Um, you know, we have this saying in our house, and I don't know if it came from cross terms. I don't know where it came from, but you know, who do you dance for? Um, and who do you dance for means, you know what, God, I am I am performing for you. So whether or not someone else uh, edifies us or condemns us, who are you dancing for? Because that that's the audience that is really important. Um, and so I try and take that mindset, you know, into sessions with, you know, men, women, couples to say, you know what, um, regardless of your spouse in this instance, doesn't matter what they think. It matters what God thinks. Right. It matters, you know, did you try to please him? Because if you pleased him, everything else is good. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so for people who are listening to the podcast that may not even really know about the services that the Healing Place provides, would you mind sharing, like, how, how can people get connected? People might be listening today that they're walking through struggles in their marriage or they're battling anxiety or depression or the shame. They're, they're, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. How can people get connected to a care coach like you or the others that are on the team? So it's as easy as it possibly could be. It's literally a web form that they fill out on Cross Timbers. Um, it gets scheduled up. The service is completely um, free of charge to them. Which it's is just incredible. It's paid for by Cross Timbers, and the fact that we have um, available time in our days really kind of shocks me. But you know, we have a lot of great care coaches. Um, Cross Timbers, just from what I've seen, has invested a lot of time, energy, and effort to make sure they have leaders in, inside of these four walls that can help people. Um, so. You have men, you have women, you have people that have done this for a little amount of time and people that have done this for, you know, more than a dozen years. Mm -hmm. So um, there's all different walks of life that are here. Um, but the, the constant is these are people that love people. Right. And it's a safe, it's a safe space. 
a safe place to fall when, when you need it. And what I love is like, you have, you have your specific passions. And I know several other care coaches on the team because of their unique story. Mm-hmm. Usually you get to, to interact with people who have had some of the same struggles and the same, they've got similar stuff in their story, which is just incredible. But for people who are listening today, who like your first step in becoming a difference maker might be just to come to the healing place and sit across the couch from somebody and interact and allow um, them to, to, for you to feel that acceptance and the love that your heart's been longing for. So I, I love the fact that we have that resource available to people as well. And the fact that it's, like you said, it's free. It's just incredible. Well, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, I didn't wake up one day and just decide to be a care coach. Um, I've been coming across Timbers for many, many, many years. And my path didn't start here. It didn't start with trying to give people counseling. It really started with loving on teenagers. Like, so I started volunteering in a different way, right? And I think that there are a lot of ways to have impact and there are a lot of ways to pour into people. Um, just where I am in this season of life just happens to have me, you know, walking side by side, um, married people, couples, individuals. Um, but it, it, it can manifest in so many different ways. And I think God's such a cool guy in the fact that um, he'll use your gifts for the season that you're in. That's good. That's a good word. Very good. So talking to that a little bit more for somebody who maybe they are, we talk at customers about following Jesus, finding freedom, having someone to know something to do. So if I'm new in my journey in following Jesus, but I really do want to make a difference, what's a good, from your perspective in your journey, what's a good place for them to start? Just, you know what, put your hand up, check your preconceived notions of what good is at the door, mm. and just decide. When I started volunteering for the United uh, with the kids ministry years ago, I can remember these conversations with my wife, which was, I've got to go on Wednesday night. I'm really looking forward to God changing my heart, so I'm excited to go. <laughs> 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 and the cool thing was that, you know, after time and going week after week and being, you know, disciplined to go, um, he, he opened that part of my heart and I really had an enjoyment. He, he turned my heart, he flipped it. Um, and you know what? I would just say, you know, get in and do something. It doesn't necessarily matter what it is, because when you're serving, it's always good. Um, and God can change your heart to help you like it later. That's so good. But then, like, I just, I love watching. Of course, it's all, usually we see in hindsight, rarely. I mean, every once in a while, God will give us the foresight of what's coming in the future. But we typically see things in reverse in the rearview mirror. So what's amazing is that you took that first step. How many years ago where did you start serving students? Uh, that was probably eight, eight years ago, so nine years ago. eight, nine years ago, you say, okay, I'm not even necessarily super excited about this, but this is a place that I see a need and because of your story, a place that you probably knew you could make an impact. So I'm going to sign up to this, even though I'm not super excited, but that step of obedience, that step of saying yes and raising your hand to serve, that led to another yes, probably, and then to another and to now where you are really getting to to use your passions and your gifts to make a, a really big impact. But it took that yes then to get you to where you are. That's today. That's totally, I think all of our, and that's all of our story is our, our faith walk. And just how many times can we say yes to God? Um, it was, a, it was several years ago, you know, when God, he dropped a verse on me and I wasn't even really reading the Bible much. So it wasn't like I had read this verse before and it was a, a remember, it was just out of the blue. And so when I read it, I thought, oh, that's, that's really cool. And it was Romans twelve eight, and it's talking about our gifts and our passions mm-hmm. um, and the things that 
Um, God has given us all. Um, you know, it talks about if your gift is to encourage, then encourage. And if your gift is to give, then give generously. And it goes on and on, right? Um, so those, those are things that I, I took to heart. Like, God wrote that on my heart. And mm-hmm. so, honestly, the healing place for me in this season is um, to love on people and to encourage. Yeah. Like, and, and that is easy to stand on because I read it. Right? It can't, it, that's his word that I get to stand on. And if that's all I'm called to do, then that's good enough for him. Yeah. And, and I see it maybe as maybe that's all. And he sees it as way to go. Yeah. Job well done. Good and faithful servant. That's what he's, what he's declaring over you in, in that obedience. I love you, that passage that you mentioned. It's one of my favorite verses because it's, there is an, if this, then that mm-hmm. it's like cause and effect. So, and he, in, in the message version of that passage that you're talking about, it's, it's not just do it. Like there's, there's an emphatic, like do it to the best of your ability. Like right. don't just do it halfway, like go all in. Like if your gift is to give, give generously. Right. If your gift is to, to lead, then lead with excellence. And so it, there's a, a cause and effect with it. So like we, he gives us those gifts so that we can use them for his, for his purposes, which it's amazing. And, and even when we step out in that and a lot of times don't do it well, <laughs> it's still okay. Yeah. You know, cause he's going, you know what? I appreciate the fact that you stepped out, you had courage and, and you gave it a shot. And then the next time will be that much easier. Yes. And the, what's, what's cool. And I'm sure you experience this in, the healing place with care coaching and you experience, I know you experience it with students because I've been, been part of student ministry as well, that we, we get so much more in return. Oh yes. That's the cool part is that that's, and that's honestly like the secret that no one knows that's the best part about serving is that all these people are receiving, you know, grace and love and, you know, all the encouragement. But at the end of the day, there's some kind of kingdom multiplier that sits in there and because you're thinking about others that's the part that frees up our hearts because it's no longer about us right <laughs> that's good so with other people that are listening today you're a care coach in the healing place but like you said god's given us all gifts all of his passions all of us a story what would be a practical step that someone could say i may not be serving as a care coach in the healing place today but on the whole, you're, you've said shame is one of the predominant issues that, that we see that manifests in different ways, but our, we as a whole are battling shame. So what's something people could do in a practical way? If they're not, they're not a care coach, they're not necessarily serving in the healing place, how can we as difference makers combat that? So I'm all about the you know practicality. Um, and then I, I can only give you things that I use in my own playbook that, that seem to work for me. And, and hopefully they're working for people that I talk to. And for me, that is, I like to listen to music. Um, I like to listen to a song and, and know the words. And then I, I pass it through a filter of, can, can I agree with that? And then once I can agree with that, can I eliminate all of my other thoughts and just agree with that as if God was saying that to me. And then what that does is that gives me the opportunity to almost hear what God would be telling me. So it tells me who he thinks I am. 
Um, because a lot of times I don't think people have the ability to really break away and to uh, isolate the world and, you know, go out into nature with the expectation of, God, would you tell me something? Tell me who I am. So, I mean, those are like two things. Um, If you can get out in nature, that's the number one thing, and that's the place where I've experienced uh, amazing life-transforming uh, stories and uh, heart change, and that that to me is the most amazing part. And it just starts with God. I'm going to be still. Who do you think I am? And then he speaks. And then he says whatever he wants to tell you, and it's life changing. And it's all the the end. You said it. It's like the, there's something about nature because there's stillness there. Like every other part of our lives usually involves noise, mm-hmm. and interactions with people and not that not those things aren't bad there's just constant noise but when you get out in nature there's the stillness and because he's always speaking right Mm -hmm. like God's always wanting to tell us who we are but there's so much noise and stuff happening so I I resonate with that um just the being in nature requires us to be still and listen to his voice that's usually a whisper yeah and he he can that's the cool thing about nature is that there are so many ways that he can show up in nature. Um, I had the opportunity just to break away last year. I went by myself, everyone else was out of town, and I drove to the mountains with the only reason I wanted to go was to hear God and I don't know what it is, but I have this uh, I don't know if it's an infatuation, but i I really appreciate uh, being out in a way, and so I, I wanted to just see what he would say and he showed up in a really cool way. I mean, it, I, ha- I have this um, hummingbirds, I think, are just amazing. Yeah. And, I don't, and I don't ever see them. And when I'm sitting around in the morning at this campsite, this hummingbird just shows up right in front of my face. And it's uh-uh. just fluttering like as far as away. You know, you could reach out and touch it. And I was looking at it. And I remember in my, my head, I remember thinking, that is amazing. And then I looked away, and then the hummingbird you know, flew off. And it was so close, it like flew off and touched my hair. Wow. And the, the very next thought was, I really wish I wouldn't have looked away. I wasn't done looking. And to me, that was God showing up, and I got distracted with my own thought because he was right there in front of me in the form of a hummingbird. And then, but the cool thing is, this is this is how amazing God is to Jeremy, which is the very next day I'm on this walkabout in the mountains by myself, and I sit down and take a rest, and I'm just looking up, really at the clouds doing nothing, and boom, a hummingbird right in no. front of my face again, and this time I look straight at it, and it goes and just hangs out on the branch. 20 feet from me, and it was like, you can look at me as for as long as you want. And to me, that's God going, you know what? Here I am. I'm right here. Don't worry about it. I'm always around you. And what was interesting about that is that I, I literally had the thought, okay, I'm, I'm good. Thank, thank you. And then it flew away right past my head again. So for me, being out in nature is the number one way God can uh, get my attention because I'm not distracted nearly as much. Right. There's that we, we lose the noise. You, you mentioned music also. Uh, like our hearts were designed to worship. Mm-hmm. Like we were created to worship something. And so music often is a, t- is a way that I, that I worship. So is there a specific song in this season of your life that you, that's really yeah. would be good for other people to possibly listen to and agree with? 
there, there are probably people in my neighborhood that think that I'm a madman because I like to <laughs> sing and go for a run. And so right now, and it's not even a, it's not even an exercise song, but I, I love the live version of Raise a Hallelujah. That is one of my absolute favorites. Um, there's an intro that talks about how that song was birthed. Um, and it just talks about how um, we can raise a hallelujah regardless of our situation, that God is going to come and slay all that junk. And when I run, I, I just think that in my mind's eye that God's got this amazing sword and that he has the capacity to just break off the chains behind us and we can leave those bags. And so um, even though it's not an exercise song, it does make my feet a little bit lighter. That's um, good. <laughs> I love that song too. It is, And it's in the middle of, I don't even remember this, the, the exact lyric, but like we're in the middle of a storm and we can still raise a hallelujah knowing that he's, he has us and he's going to protect us. So he does. And there's a, there's a chorus in there and I'm, I'm not a singer, so I, I won't even go there, but, um, there's a chorus that really talks about, you know, how light is going to trample darkness and that how, um, we are going to rise above and we will be, you know, on the wings like eagles. So it's, it's, a it's an empowering song. I, uh, Again, it's one of those ones where I listen to it, I can agree with it, and to me, that's like he and I just hanging out together. So good. So for people listening today, I, I love, we've got a resource for, for those of you who are looking for some hope, who might need a little bit of help, or like for me personally, I like to go just for check-ins here and there, like, hey, I need somebody to bounce this off of to make sure that, I'm, that I am hearing right. So we have this incredible resource in the Healing Place at Cross Timbers that I encourage you to, to take advantage of. Um, but then also for those that are listening who are wanting to take that next step as difference makers to use their gifts, passions, and story, is there any last bit of advice that you would give people that might be maybe feeling on the fence? Like maybe I am just this, or I'm just a butcher or a baker, candlestick maker, as Toby says, and don't feel like they have what it takes to make a difference. You know, that's probably been the biggest challenge, you know, in trying to get out for me is every time I thought that I needed to go do something, like I was being called to go do something, it seemed like there was a blocker that would be put in front of me that would that would disqualify me. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you shouldn't go counsel people. Look at you. You can't even manage your own, mm-hmm. your own marriage. And so why would you feel qualified to go do that? So for me, I think that is the biggest lie we can bite into. Yeah. Um, He's going to sell you whatever we'll buy, and I bought it for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, getting over that barrier of, you know what, I I do have something to offer. I'm going to trust and believe that God has something to deliver through me and for me, um, hopefully for the benefit of others. If it's from Him, it's definitely for the benefit of others. Um, so I would just say, um, if there's doubt, if there's shame, if there's guilt, if there's some type of anxiety, those aren't our Father's tools. So try and identify that, uh, take it captive, throw it away, and remember what it was that you wanted to go do and do it. That's good. And it, like, it sounds, when we say it, just go do it, it sounds so simple, but it really is. Like, if once you can make that lie quiet, mm-hmm. and like you said, throw it away, step out, and, it, and, and then watch what happens in the ripple effect. Now, I, I don't know how many people you've gotten to counsel in the healing place, but think of like I just think about the ripple effect now of your yes and the amount of lives that have been impacted and marriages that have been restored and addictions that have been trampled on. You know, like if you if Jeremy would not have said yes to God calling you to that, 
he could have used somebody else, but how cool is it that he chose to use you, you know? I, I love it. I mean, and that's the multiplication. And that's the part that I think I, I like to quote Toby. I, I listen to him a lot, but you know, the thing is that we don't have to make these gigantic impacts. We could have an impact on a person or a handful of people or people that we come in contact with randomly because that might be the person that gets set free that he has a gigantic auditorium, you know, designed for. Um, yeah. And you know what? Um, I have a part in that. When we get to heaven, I will have a part in that. So um, if I'm called to be an evangelist, um, maybe. I don't think I'm a gigantic public speaker, but I can maybe sit in a room and hopefully try and set some people free right now. Right. So that's, you know, the impact that I want to have and not, and not worry about the rest. Yeah, that's okay. So y'all heard it from Jeremy. Take a step, just do it and trust that what God has placed in you, he wants to use it and, and take a step and trust him and watch the ripple effect that will come from it. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining us today. It's a privilege to have you on the podcast. Thank you for the invite. This is a lot of fun. So much fun. And we'll look forward to seeing you for our next episode. If you will, right down below, you can subscribe to this podcast. If you, if it's been a blessing to you, we'd love for you to share it with your friends and um, review for us today so that we can, we can impact more people to use their gifts, passions, and story to make a difference.